that can hold and encapsulate verse and scripture and, and simply be able to say, well, 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 6, and they spout it off like they just read it five minutes ago. You know, somehow what we've done is we've taken and made knowledge the key to spirituality and those people that can retain and those people that can spit it off and can get their doctorate without breaking a sweat, all of a sudden they become the spiritual giants of the church world. Just because you can retain knowledge doesn't make you a spiritual giant. And just because you can perform any kind of miracle doesn't make you different either. What makes you different is the Holy Spirit deemed you to be different by His creation of you and by His giftedness to you and don't you ever and don't I ever dare measure somebody's spirituality by what we think they can know or what we think they can do God sees the heart of man we don't he's the only one that's adequate of measuring anybody's spirituality you go on and you find this truth with all of those gifts in view in verse 11 but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. You have nothing you've not received. God gave it to you. For as the body is one and has many members, but all members of that body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. First thing I want us to understand today with all that is a backdrop and understanding that God is the one that's given you whatever giftedness you have and he's designed you differently for whatever purposes he has. The body is a unit. One. And must move in unity. If my hand says I'm going to go over here and my leg says I'm going to go over here, it doesn't work. You can't leave parts of the body behind. You can't go on without parts of the body. It's all a unit and it must move in unity. The body is under one head and it is known here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 as the body of Christ. The head of the church, the head of the body is Christ himself and that's what makes you filled with life. If we ever get away from preaching the truth of Christ, if we ever get away from singing the truth of Christ, if we ever just become a civic organization to make positive change in our neighborhood, if we ever dumb down the gospel just to be an attractant people, then we've lost our life. It ceases to flow through the veins of the body of Christ known as the church. Our life is only found in following the head, following what Jesus has given us both in Scripture and in presence through his giftedness today and accomplishing what God has for that body to accomplish. What are some of the things we accomplish? Well, we accomplish the worship of Christ. That's walking with one another and reaching upwards to say, God, you are glorious. Jesus, thank you for saving us. I hope and pray you worship today in our time together already. But I hope and pray you're still worshiping today through the teaching of the Word. 
that your heart is resonating with the truth of Jesus Christ and him being the head of the body. Because if you're doing that, you're lifting Christ up. And that's what First John, or that's what John says to us, John chapter 12, verse 32, if I'm lifted up from the earth, I will draw all peoples to myself. Now we know that was talking about his crucifixion and how he was put upon the cross of Calvary to pay for our sins. We also know he didn't stay on the cross. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. We know he resurrected. He ascended, lifted up again in glory. But his being lifted up from the earth is still present with us today as we worship and adore Jesus and his work that he has so accomplished amongst us he was taken up in the cloud but my friends you can lift him up today as your lord and savior and worship and praise and if you do that you're not drawing anybody to him he is he is the central focus point of what you're doing in that god gave his son on the cross to elevate him god rose his son up from the earth to elevate him and we come and we get to worship to elevate the very presence and person of jesus christ together and we walk together in that walk together in that unity not only is the body a unit that must move in unity but the body is diverse We've seen a lot of that in our reading of the Word today, that there's differences of gifts and differences of activities that are given through those gifts. It is a great example of the diversity of the body, and I think the body being a picture of the collected group of saints is a great thing. Jesus himself talks about the eye and the hand, and he deals with the fact that there's differences in them, but they're, they're useful. And it's a body situation. If the eye offends or the hand offends, that it needs to be cut off. He's talking about church discipline in that view. And we don't want to go through that because that's a painful thing. But at the same time, offenses must be stopped in the body because that kills life. And if life is taken from the body, then all of a sudden we're not the effective people as a unit that we ought to be but also no one believer can supply all the needs of the body being a unit and moving in unity being diverse means that god purposed for a multitude of believers to supply the needs of the body to be an intricate part of the work of the body and every member is important look at verse 22 Paul doesn't want people walking away thinking that there's greater and lesser within the body of Christ. In verse 22, he says, No much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. They're important. Or where I come from, they're important. They're needful. And my friends, the weaker parts of the body sometimes don't get the attention that they need. They just maintain their activity of worshiping God and serving the bride of Christ and doing what God has called them to do and and they're isolated over in the shadow somewhere of the church. If you ever get an opportunity to come up to somebody and say, I praise the Lord for you because God has shown me this through you, then do that. 
the wet rest of the body needs that encouragement. I miss Fred Troglin. I miss him not being a part of our worship services and part of our time together. Because you know what Fred Troglin was? He was a Barnabas. He was an encourager that would come and just speak truth of, in love to the people around him and say, God has so blessed me through you. And I'm like, Fred, I really failed today. I was a jerk today. And he said, no. I saw self-control being exercised in a way that it ought to be. God blessed me through it. He'd find something just to, just to praise the Lord about you, not praise you. The weaker parts, every member is important. The body is diverse. Not only is it a unit to move in unity, not only is it diverse, but it's made up of individual parts. There are no cookie-cutter Christians. Matter of fact, I think it's amazing. The difference of mentality, the difference of thought that people have within the church. Are they not following the same spirit? Yeah, when it comes to spiritual matters, it's amazing the unity that the body of Christ exhibits on those things. But there's different views and different landscapes of thinking that we all come from. We're individual parts and each part of the body receives their signals from the head who's the head let's try that one more time because now you had a cheat sheet somebody answered it for you who's the head and every part of the body receives those signals that god is constantly given to his body and each member of christ's body receives those signals those understandings from Jesus in order to function and we call that the priesthood of the believer it is so good to know that each man stands on his own two feet in front of a holy God it's good to know because that means that we're all culpable unto God himself what that means is your children are going to make their own life decisions and as much as you try to govern and guide the direction of their life to holiness, as much as you try to direct them uh, to be Christ-like, your accountability stops when they step out under their own authority. And they start choosing their own direction and way. And you can't be the priest over them forever and tell them what they're supposed to think and what they're supposed to do. And likewise, in the church. Each person within the church stands or falls before his own master. And I can't hear for you what God has to direct you in. I, I can tell you biblical truths, and God will use that. But you ultimately have to come to your own Savior and say, I'm yours, Lord. Do with me what you will. Teach me what I need to know and direct my steps. And you have to yield yourself to that. And if you don't, as your pastor, I'm not going to stand in heaven one day and God's going to say, give an account to this person who went their own wicked way. I taught the truth. Your Sunday school teachers taught the truth. Your parents taught the truth. 
that accountability is going to be under each person. But that accountability not only to follow Jesus is on each person, but the accountability to hear from Jesus as a Christian and apply what he's teaching you on a daily basis falls on our shoulders. And sometimes we get it right, and sometimes we get it wrong. And that's why long-suffering, which is a character trait of God, must be a character trait of us too. So that those that get it wrong in the body, we can still say, you know what, God's still working in their lives. And I'm just going to keep walking with them. Listen, it breaks my heart to know that there's people leaving because the pastor's leaving. It really does. That should never be a reason for anybody <clears throat> to leave. What should be a reason for somebody to leave? I feel God directing my steps to go somewhere. I, I sense the Spirit's moving me. God's got to work for me over here. But because the pastor's leaving, again, I'm not your priest. And I don't stand accountable for your decisions, but you do. And so they better be directed by God and the presence of God himself if you're going to make those decisions to leave. And, and by all means, if you know that God's directing you to leave, whether it's at this time or at a different time, and you don't leave, you're in rebellion. But it better be the voice of God directing those steps of decisions that you're making. Your individual parts, and you receive those signals, or either you ignore them. The Spirit, though, will never lead anybody to be detrimental or destructive to the body. So if you're getting those signals to go, you think about the body as well. Being detrimental and destructive to the body happens in many different ways. That's just one of those. But what we find in verse 25 and 26 of this chapter of 1 Corinthians is this. That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. There's no cookie-cutter believers, but neither should there be divisive believers. Neither should there be destructive believers. And when the body is moving together in unity, walking under Christ's authority, then we'll walk straight. We'll walk tall. We'll walk powerfully. And we won't stub our toe in a dark, dark world. Why? Because God will be guiding every step that we take and we'll display the wisdom of God. We'll display the Spirit-led living of God. Oh, that the world would see a church that shouts the wisdom of God, that the world would see a church that's in step with the Spirit of God, guiding that church, that the world would say they're different. And I don't know what it is about them, but I want to know more. That's what this world needs today. 
you may, as in that space shuttle explosion, realize that it was a tiny little O-ring. Well, tiny. It was actually pretty big. Wrapped around the fuel cell of that space shuttle. Cold weather had caused it to shrink. The elements had gotten to it. And in that shrinkage of that O-ring, just enough oxygen seeped in to the fuel cell that when they said thrusters up, that oxygen caused an ignition and explosion that shouldn't have been there. Just an O-ring. That O-ring turned out to be one of the most valuable parts of that shuttle on that day. You may think you're the lesser of the gifted people within the body of Christ. But listen to me. You might be that O-ring. You might be what holds the ship together here at Central over the course of the next months and years. You, you might be what keeps the wiles of the devil, the elements of this world, out of the body of Christ here at Central. You might be the key to rather than having an explosion that destroys, to having a propulsion that employs. That might be God's use for you over these next months and years, but you won't know if you follow your own steps. But if you follow His steps, you'll go wherever He wants to light the candle. And He'll take it with you there your giftedness in the body is there just ask God to show you and ask God to grow you so that he will use you in whatever way he determines father we come to you and we lift this up we submit ourselves to the lordship of Jesus Christ today we submit ourselves to the plans and activities that you have for us we surrender ourselves to the call of what lies ahead. Oh God, that we would just do our individual jobs of worshiping and loving and ministering as you've called us. And in so doing, God, you will glorify the whole body and as you are lifted up, Jesus, in those activities, you will draw people unto yourself. That's our prayer today. And we pray this in all things in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand to your feet. Scott, come on and lead us in our time of invitation. And if God's spoken to you today in any way whatsoever that you feel you should respond and just spend some time in prayer, you do that. Maybe your response is praying right where you are. That's fine. There's nothing holy or set apart about location. But perhaps you want to come forward and spend some time just praying in view of people not to be seen by people, but to be an encouragement to other people that you're lifting up the bride of Christ today. Then you move forward and you use this altar for that purpose. You make it a set-apart, sacred place in that moment.
let's do that as Scott leads us in singing. Are you serious? Oh my goodness. You have. You have. I was just looking at your resume this week, as a matter of fact. Thank you so much. That has been a blessing. Well, I will present you. Um, remind me where you were baptized so I can share that. Decatur. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, Ruth, I will share.